Welcome to Monstrology, episode 28. We're celebrating uh, making it to episode 28. Madrid and I are both in, in perfect health and excited. Yes, uh, totally, to, of to, course. To dig into another episode. Uh, neither of us are either getting over being sick or becoming sick at all. It's a perfect day and everyone's feeling perfect in every way. Uh, Madrin, do you have I anything? I like this positive attitude, Will. I'm sticking to Fake it. Fake it till you make it. I'm going to make it work. And I have a question for you, as I often do. Yes. Do you have anything in your life that is so scary to look at that it drives you to madness? I don't. I just paid my credit card bill. Does that oh, count? Oh, that's good. Yeah, I would say that that could drive you to madness for sure. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people would say credit card bill would qualify for that. Um, for me, as I think I, maybe I've said on the podcast before, I really don't like needles, so it's probably the only thing that when I'm watching a movie, I was like, nope, can't look at it, can't do it. I could do anything else. I can deal with violence and blood, all sorts of stuff, but needles, can't do it. Uh, so that's the line for me. Um, our guest today and our monster of choice uh, is very familiar uh, of things uh, that are so scary to look at that it drives you to madness because they are, in fact, the thing that is so scary to look at that it would drive you to madness because today's monster is Gorgons. way uh, to start looking at Gorgons, as I often like to look at monsters, is to dig into their appearance. Um, so typically, uh, Gorgons have uh, hair made out of snakes. Uh, they originally had kind of tusks and talons and sometimes a short beard, but I do not think that's the way that most people think of um, uh, Gorgons. Uh, they also have skin that's very scaly, like a dragon or a snake. They have divine eyes, sometimes flashing divine eyes uh, that turn people to stone uh, when they're seen. And um, they usually have broad, round heads, um, wide mouths, large teeth, flared nostrils. Um, and then in some representations, they've had like stylized hair or blood flowing out from underneath their head if it's been severed from the body. like. It will either be like dripping blood or it'll have snakes sticking out of its decapitation point, um, which I assume must just be on the insides if the head is still attached to the body. So maybe there's snakes crawling around inside. I don't know. Um, so subtle is what you're saying. Gorgons are really subtle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought the beard was was interesting because, and we'll kind of get yes. into this a little bit, but the the like uh, the way that we interpret a Gorgon has changed over time, I think. Um, so we can definitely, I think, see kind of three maybe points of view on what the Gorgon is. Um, 
but the first one, yeah, was was singular. It wasn't a group of gorgons. It was a gorgon, and the gorgon had this, yeah, tusks and and um like talons and a little beard, and they were tough. Um, and the earliest like de depictions of the art that I can find for the gorgon is eighth century BC. So it's been around for a very long time. You can see gorgon heads uh, in the artwork. Um, yeah, and I just think we'll we'll maybe talk a little bit about this, but I, I found a reference, like originally somebody said there was an elder Gorgon. And I was like, okay, what is an elder Gorgon? That sounds very cool. Um, but it's just, I think, goes back to this idea that originally there was one Gorgon. I don't know, did you find that, Madrin, as well? This That it started with one before it was uh, broken into three? Oh, no, everything that I read said that Gorgons, that there are three Gorgons, and they are women and they are sisters. Okay, so let me just let me touch base on so this, this is very on interesting this elder me, gorgon this, that I found yes. here. Um so the the name of the elder gorgon is Aix. Um A E sorry A I X and it was um an ancient gorgon slain by Zeus at the start of the Titan War. Um this gorgon also either we wielded a shield made of snakes or was turned into a shield made of snakes. Um, I, I don't honestly know which one it was because I could find evidence of them like defeating the Elder Gorgon and using it as a weapon as happens with Gorgons later on. Um, but I just thought it was really interesting that, um, and I believe with the writing of uh, Homer as well, the Gorgon was singular. It still had the traits that we know it to have with the scaly skin, and the head of snakes and the petrification power of turning people to stone. Um, but it was from an earlier mythology that I think must be attached to this art that predates uh, the way that we understand uh, Gorgons to be. Um, so I don't know, I just thought that was cool. In the main way that we uh, understand organ, uh, sorry, not organs, Gorgons. <laughs> gorgons with organs. Gorgon uh, organs. <laughs> um, the Gorgon organs are as such. Um, they, uh, Hesiod, uh, wrote that, uh, the Gorgons were the children of four seas and, um, Cedo, um, basically they're both sea gods and sea goddesses who also happen to be brother and sister. So gross. Yeah. Sorry. But that happens a lot in Greek mythology, right? I like know. it's true. It's really hard to find parents that aren't related uh -huh. like that, you know? Uh-huh. But it's it's right next to each other. I mean, I agree tree, with you. you it's know? yeah, I'll agree with you. It's still really gross, but I'm just saying that's not uncommon in Greek mythology. Uh-huh. So basically these two um goddesses and gods, uh they had three children. Uh, well, they had three children a couple times, but the first uh most noteworthy three children that they had, um, their names were Sathino, meaning the mighty or strong. Uh Uranael, meaning the far springer, and Medusa, who's the queen or guardian. In in the main story, it's it's kind of convenient, I think, for narrative purposes, but only Medusa is the one that's seen as being human, therefore vulnerable, and the other two are immortal, impenetrable god beings. Um, just for right, context. like when we were when we were re like you told me what the topic was this week and we I was researching it and I was like oh Medusa is a Gorgon mm -hmm. clearly right so like I knew that already right and then I started looking into it and I was like wait who are these other two 
for sure. How come I mean, we never hear anything about them? And I think that you're right in that it's like, because Medusa is the only mortal one and the only one who can be killed. Of course, there are all these epic stories of these heroes trying to vanquish her or defeat her or mm-hmm. in, in similar ways. But yeah, like you never hear about Eurely or Steno. Mm-hmm. With any like in any Greek stories, no, it's and it's it's just in kind of like breaking down their origin. Like if I think I said to somebody, okay, there's only one Gorgon, who is it? They would say, oh, it's Medusa. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's uh, definitely the most well-known, uh, uh, famous Gorgon uh, on the planet, and um, I would agree with that, um, largely because of uh, the stories that are written around Medusa. Um, so. Basically, in uh, Hesiod's story, uh, Medusa was born as the beautiful and human sister to the two Gorgons, um, but she was uh, basically brutally assaulted um, by Poseidon. And as a result of this, because it happened in their like holy ground, um, was transformed uh, by the goddess Athena into a hideous monster like her sisters. Um, and I, I think one of the things that's important for this context of understanding her is this, this interpretation of, uh, Medusa has also changed in, let's say the past 10, 20 years. And people are looking now at Medusa as basically a survivor of like sexual assault and like all of this stuff. And that is a part of who she is. And she is really the victim of her own narrative, but originally it was just, I guess in the context in which it was written, it was to create a more fearsome monster so that monster could be vanquished. So there's this like kind of long convoluted. But when you look at at why Medusa became so scary, I would argue it's very much not her fault. There is some versions of the story where she and her sisters like welcomed Poseidon into the holy uh, area and they uh, consensually fornicated and then she was, you know, reprimanded um by athena but it's usually not the case like usually it's it's very much not her doing but regardless of that it's poseidon and uh medusa had sex and then as a result athena basically completely transformed her into a monster rather than a a beautiful um woman and then well and i i think too as part of like regardless of which version of that story you read into it's telling that athena only punishes medusa for it and like poseidon doesn't get like he doesn't get transformed into anything he isn't punished in any way so um yeah so again like and we'll probably talk about this a little bit later too but like that in in more modern times medusa has become kind of this feminist symbol for that very reason of like Mm -hmm. regardless of whether or not the the sex was consensual why was Medusa the only one being punished for this seemingly heinous act? Yeah, yeah. I would and arc- in such a brutal way, too. Yeah. I, I think it's also, it also speaks to her vulnerability. Like, it's easier to punish Medusa than it is to punish Poseidon, unfortunately. And it also is just this reverse engineering of, like, why, again, is Medusa the only human Gorgon? I think it's so that somebody can exact revenge on her, you know? Like, if she yeah. was a powerful Gorgon, it would be more difficult for this story to work you know, for her to be, like, transformed and uh, altered by Athena. Anyway, um, once Medusa has become this monstrous version of herself, 
She's also interpreted um, within the misadventures of the great hero Perseus, um, who uh, essentially achieved the seemingly impossible and um, kind of goes into uh, a cave and using his shiny shield, finds Medusa without having to look directly at her. And so sees her through a reflection, which is not as extreme or doesn't cause the petrification and uh, beheads her basically. Uh, and once he's beheaded Medusa, he's able to use Medusa as a weapon. So using the head to petrify others, um, even though it's severed, apparently still works. And yet if you see it in a mirror, it does not. Anyway, that's that's the that's the way it goes. That's the basic uh, version of it. Yeah. And then of yeah. course there I was reading stuff about how like and then after he cut off her head, the drops of blood fell into the sea, and then Ooh. her children were born from that. And um yeah, like I didn't know this as well, too, is that um Pegasus, which is our very famous winged horse myth friend mm -hmm. is apparently the son of medusa and poseidon oh and then rough. there she yeah she's got a, a second son named chrysaor uh, -huh. uh who is just a man like oh. somehow so somehow she gave birth to a wing horse and then just a guy as you do <laughs> right as yeah you do. and so but, but because the blood fell into the sea they are her sons by poseidon Oh, I mean, which son do you think she loves the, the most? Yeah, the cool winged horse one or just the some guy? Or one? the guy who's just a guy? Oh, I, I don't know. Like... Maybe she's got a soft spot for the one who's just a guy since she was the only mortal sister. True. Right? True. These these Maybe, are the things that we're going to get to the bottom of. She's got a soft spot. Who is the favorite child there in that family tree? Um, speaking of like strange family tree of organs, um the uh incestuous uh gods and goddesses uh Forces and Cedo also had another trio of Gorgon children um which oh. I just think of as being like kind of spin-off characters <laughs> uh, it's just the best way that I can think of it and um the, Gorgon every time, basic well every time apparently they had these children they got stranger and weirder so like we started with Medusa and her sisters and then it just gets they just kept doing it I guess maybe they, they were looking for content in terms of what they were writing um, <laughs> but they had a, a trio of uh, Gorgons uh, called the Greye which is a uh, basically elderly sisters who shared an eye and a tooth between them that they took turns using i suppose to eat or see which i think is great um wait so they were born elderly i don't know if they were born elderly but they're known narratively as being elderly okay um that's a good question because it seems like the way they're described is they've just got one eye one tooth and they're old so let's just let's just decide that they were born elderly because i think that's awesome i mean that uh, kind of fits with the weirdness th yeah but i that's the thing right they get stranger with time um maybe just because again uh maybe they shouldn't be having all these children um there's uh, echidna who was half woman half snake uh laid on who is a fearsome dragon who was tasked with guarding the golden apples of the Hesperides and uh, Scylla, a woman with dog-headed loins. Uh, you know, woof. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. Um, 
basically, this was Sido's reputation for giving birth to terrors. Like, obviously, these are even stranger than a Pegasus, stranger than people made with uh, snakes uh, for hair, you know? Like, these are all... That's true, right? Like, if you live in a world where flying horses and snake-haired ladies and like half horse half human or like satyrs like if you live in a world where that's just par for the course Mm -hmm. imagine how bizarre these creatures must be yeah for them to be like wow these are weird (laughs) yeah exactly and apparently (laughs) cedo's reputation because of all of these strange gorgons especially as they got stranger with time um she became as the known as the mother of sea monsters um because she creates all of these kind of horrific things um i thought it was interesting as well that the these spin-off sisters as i've called them um the gray a actually knew the secret location of the other gorgons the three sisters on uh gorgades island so they're not just totally random they also if you are trying to find medusa and her sisters you're gonna have to interact with these three more sea monstery gorgons to find out where they are which i think is pretty cool as well um and that's why i think they make their great uh, a story on their own even though i don't know how you would depict them it seems pretty tv mature <laughs> to me um maybe they'll do it on the boys or something i don't know <laughs> anyway we're in history um the original Gorgon sisters uh, were also born in the caves beneath Mount Olympus, uh, which maybe speaks to them being shameful or, you know, that's kind of their origin. Um, and just as a shout out to some of our earlier, um, you know, triptych uh, monsters, uh, they have a hatred of men that's similar to the Araneas uh, that we dug into so much. And I think it's completely understandable within the story of Medusa and the way that we frame that as well, that these would be monsters that both instinctively and through the stories we have told have an understandable distrust uh, for men. Um, And often I think target men more than women when they're uh, petrifying uh, people. It's not that they can't petrify women and maybe it's just that too many of the stories that we had were hero men turned to stone, Uh, but they seem to have a specific focus on um, hating dudes. So power to him i guess yeah um well can you blame him yeah well i mean uh sure uh there's (laughs) i mean in the context of the story of course um but yeah i just think there is these kind of weird generations of gorgons you've got your elder gorgon to start um fighting with zeus in the beginning of time you've got the uh gods and goddesses creating the three most famous gorgons uh, medusa and her sisters and then you've got these kind of late stage Gorgon monstrosities that guard the kind of center uh, history that we know Gorgons to be. Um, and all of the Gorgons in all of these three kind of chapters, I would say, uh, have the same general appearance, but they are simplified or altered over time. So we had the early ones with the tusks and the talons. And then I think we get to the um, Gorgons as we know them to be, which is often like women uh in the case of medusa very like beautiful tempting women who also has these this monstrous side um with the divine eyes and scaly skin and then they get just super weird um kind of just go off the rails uh but i think the more famous ones are humanoids even though there is some versions where they're almost like snake 
like in terms of their body. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets into kind of basilisk territory for me once they start having like snake bodies. So I don't think of that necessarily as being a straight up Gorgon, but I figured I'd put it out there as, as appearances as well, because you will see versions of that. And yeah and like when modern i think yeah when i well and then well yes and no i mean when i started looking into like oh do other part like parts of the world or other cultures have kind of their version of the gorgons um oftentimes because medusa is that most well-known gorgon in greek mythology with her snake hair that is the kind of monster that i would often encounter mm. um so like so for instance the shamaran is from Kurdish folklore. So like Azerbaijan, Anatolia, Iran, Iraq, that kind of area. Okay. Um, she's a half snake, half woman. And her actually her story, it kind of reminded me a little bit of Medusa. So the story goes that this young man named uh Kamasab go gets stuck in a cave after he tries to steal some honey with his friends, and his friends just leave him in the cave. So he decides to go exploring and he finds this chamber that's this like beautiful garden with thousands of off-white colored snakes and the shamaran are all living together harmoniously. So the shamaran and uh, Kasam have fall in love and they live in this cave chamber and shamaran teaches him about medicine and medicinal herbs. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like the the origin story of medicine in that area. Um, but then Kasab misses living above ground and he wants to leave and he swears to Shamaran that he won't tell the secret of who she is and where she lives many years go by then the king of the town of Tarsus becomes very ill and the vizier discovers that the treatment of the condition that the king has requires the Shamaran flesh so like super willingly because Sam was like oh I know where the Shamaran lives let uh let's go get her and so and apparently the legend is that it's blanch me in an earthen dish give my extract to the vizier and feed my flesh to the sultan so they bring her to town kill her in her own like specialized bath the king eats her flesh and lives and the vizier drinks the extract and dies and then Kasama drinks the water and becomes a doctor by gaining her wisdom. Mm-hmm. But and so I was reading the story and I was like, oh, I can see how this is like the modern mythology story of like modern medicine in Kurdish folklore. And then it's like, but poor Shamaran totally gets yeah. the shaft yet leave again. The, leave the Gorgons like, alone. She falls in love. <laughs> she falls in love with this guy. He swears never to reveal her origin and then the moment some dude needs dry he's like oh i know where she lives just let's let's just go kill her and then he gets rewarded by becoming the very first doctor i was like what this poor this poor half snake half Mm -hmm. woman like she was just living in harmony with her little white little snake buddies yeah i'm really sympathizing with the gorgons here i feel like they uh you know they're they're offering a lot of uh kindness and uh solutions and um beauty and they are uh mistreated by and it's these men gods and men these men they just take what they want yeah well fortunately a lot of the time they are turned to stone and uh, murdered for their crimes so maybe there's some yes. sort of morality reflected in there uh, and i was also reading as well too is that um in like hinduism and buddhism there are the naga mm-hmm. or like nagini which you know that's often a phrase <laughs> uh-huh. that we hear um and they're 
they're depicted in three different ways. One of them is entirely human with snakes on the head and neck, which was I was like, oh, that oh. sounds so Medusa y. One is just a common snake, and then one is a half snake, half human being. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, that's the so one I that just yeah, I that's... found some some versions of, but I also just wondered if that was just we just instantly think of Gorgon, think of Medusa, think of snakes, and so we just do a whole bunch of snake imagery. Um, but I guess not. I guess there's there's other kind of um, adjacent monsters with that kind of physique as well. Well, I just I thought it was interesting that there's specifically there's a depiction where it is of a human with snake hair mm. again, but like uh-huh. in a completely different culture. Mm-hmm. I think maybe it just speaks to how old that appearance is too, right? Like even in eighth century BC, we even before the Gorgon was used as a, a tool and narrative, it was still an image. Like you could find it on a shield or a, a shield or a plate, like a, a head with snakes coming out of it. And actually in some cases, that image of um, the snake head was used as a sign of respect to Athena because it meant that you were like showing one of her children as part of your army or your you know, kingdom or whatever. So it was um, a sign of reverence as well. Um, so maybe that image um, carried far. Like if it was carried by an army, it would have been seen by a lot of people uh, all over the world. All right. Last call for History Imagine. Do you have anything else you'd like to share to contextualize before we jump into some pop culture? Mm. No, I think I think we're good. I think we should uh, we should see where Medusa and her sisters have popped up. Yeah. <laughs> but are they popping like like little pop tarts? No, well, you said pop culture. That was my <laughs> ah, attempt at pun. <laughs> I'm... We're we're doing great today, and everything's going to continue. My, to be yeah, great. everything's. Uh, yes. We're going to take a little break, <laughs> and then when we get back, we're going to dig into some pop culture. I'll be honest, Madrin, when I was thinking about pop culture, I was afraid that it was going to be Slim Pickens because the Gorgon, I think everything was going to be Medusa related. And I was pleasantly surprised uh, to find like how wide reaching uh, the influence of uh, the Gorgon was. Uh, so I got a nice little range of stuff today. Um, nice. Yeah. The first um, film that I watched that I think is probably the most noteworthy Gorgon uh, film is called the Gorgon from 1964. It is a monster movie, but it very much makes up its own um, mythology for the Gorgon. Although it is uh, a woman with uh, snake-like hair that's horrifying to be seen. And then basically anyone who sees him gets all these little kind of dots, almost like eyes on the forehead and is petrified within a short period of time. Um, But they're horrified, Uh, but it takes place in a German town in a castle and it almost being this like 1960s monster movie it's also kind of werewolfy like the the uh, gorgon only appears during a full moon um and like you're trying to figure out like who the gorgon is to some extent um i feel like it's got kind of a rough start and a good ending so at first i was like <laughs> uh i don't know about this okay um because they kind of go through a few different generations of the families in this small town um 
but it's got Christopher Lee and uh, Peter Cushing. Of so course it is for, Christopher like, Lee. If you're looking for like classic, like monster movie scientist actors of that time period, I think it definitely like scratches that itch of like, uh, I don't know, even the score of the music, like it, it was um, a more satisfying watch than sometimes I worry uh, the random movies I find around uh, monsters will be. Um, so I give it a thumbs up <laughs> overall. So uh, four, four Gorgons out of five? Yeah, I would give it uh, 3.5 snakes out of five. Nice. Which is a solid, solid. I'm not saying it's the best movie I've seen in relation to the podcast, but I think if you're interested in those actors or this content, um, that's going to be the movie for you <laughs> because there isn't a ton. Uh, I think that do a good job of it. Um, Medusa appears in Clash of the Titans, the original and the remake. They kind of do their own thing with her in terms of the way that it's designed. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of that. Um, and also in terms of film, I mentioned this. I, I can't remember what other monster it was. Maybe it was Gargoyles. It was another monster. And I watched Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief, which Disney Plus mm -hmm. now reminds me occasionally as I have you know, as I go to hit the button, sometimes it automatically takes me to Percy Jackson and I'm very annoyed because I guess <laughs> I, watch it, I watched it on my browser and had that like uh, web address saved. Um, but uh, Uma Thurman plays uh, Medusa in that movie and she has some sort of like sunglasses at sometimes and she's more of like cool Medusa, which doesn't super work. Uh, but she has a line that I think will relate to the history where she says, uh, she discovers that Percy is the son of Poseidon and says, oh, I used to date your daddy, which is a very like simplistic version of that. I don't know what side of the history they're talking on, uh, but certainly it does make sense. Um, and she immediately tries to kill him. And hey, fair enough. Um, but I guess it, Percy, instead of, hey, if you looked at that, could even be her own son if it wasn't uh, turned into a winged um, horse-like thing. Yeah, too bad <laughs> um, he's not a Pegasus. Yeah, he's just, um, you know, a dude. <laughs> um, I, I have not seen any of those Percy Jackson movies, but it's funny that their interpretation of Medusa also has cool, funky sunglasses because... I remember that there is an ad for oh, Amazon for, Prime yeah, yeah. <laughs> where Medusa is depicted buying new sunglasses through Amazon Prime so that mm -hmm. she and like to show off her like fun, fun, quirky side. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was just like, why does this? I guess the whole thing of, of like, if you look in her eyes, you get petrified. So she should wear cool glasses if she mm -hmm. wants to be social hanging out with the it's kids. Yeah, yeah, like I guess. I think that one of those commercials also has a bunch of people on dirt bikes for no reason. I'm just like, what is the branding here? Right. But um, like, yeah. What is this for? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the last film that I will talk about, um, which let's, we can debate this a little bit, but I thought it was interesting when I was looking for it, is that some people say that Predator could have links to Gorgons because... The Predator has a shoulder mounted weapon system that enables it to kill like with a glance and its appearance is also petrifyingly ugly. I just thought it was interesting that they could that's, have been playing with that. That's mythology. a stretch. Well, that, I'm not I saying don't... I'm not saying that it's a Gorgon. I'm saying that it could have Gorgon influence, you know? I... 
Um, well, I mean, that's like saying, oh, every monster has a Gorgon influence because they're monsters. No, I think that there's definitely a more direct, uh, like to the way that you interact with the predator. Like if you've seen it, it can like kill you immediately. And I think it's fearsome and you would run away and you don't have much of a chance. Mm. I think there's something to be said for that. Um, but anyway, we can, uh, you know, maybe make a poll out of that and decide, leave it up to the world to decide. <laughs> Um, there is also an Azealia Banks, uh, like music video where she's like an ice princess with snake, uh, hair, um, that's definitely Medusa influenced. And, um, apparently like when Medusa and her sisters were created in the caves, um, it was also like cold and icy there. So it's, it's pretty, uh, direct in terms of the way that it's interpreted, um, so if you're into that, check out that music video. Um, yeah, I've got a bunch of video games, music, uh, art as well. Um, imagine, do you have any other kind of like movies or maybe even television you want to dig into? Yeah, I know in the, in the film and it probably it'd be in the books as well too, but in Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, <clears throat> there are these two twins that always wear masks but we find out that their peculiarity the thing that has sent them to this home is that they are actually gorgons oh and they have very like serpentine faces and they have the ability to petrify people Mm. which is yeah so that's cool and then um have you seen any of the new version of sabrina the teenage witch that's on netflix uh yes uh quite a bit of it it kind of dropped off i think around season three i found the i I didn't follow through with it so i haven't seen it to its end it kind of started out being like i think really inventive and well written in a new point of view and then it kind of just morphed into another one of the cw shows right it got very riverdale yeah Yeah. and so that was the line um, for me but um, but i know that yeah in chilling adventures of sabrina there is a gorgon character named nagaina and she turns um there's a a witch named dorcas and the seer rosalind into stone mm. and they get later turned back into flesh and rosalind beheads nagaina with a sword so that has like a very medusa-y feel to it as well too mm. cool and then in uh, terms of music because i know that you were talking uh-huh. about that is really Banks music too. video yeah um annie lennox's second solo album was called medusa uh-huh um which was interesting and i was like oh there's got to be you know oh it's annie lennox she's so weird and like she there's purpose to everything that she does and i was looking into it and like there's absolutely no rhyme or reason for why she called it medusa it's the entire album is cover songs Mm -hmm. uh even when people asked her about it she was literally like no this album is just a bunch of songs that i like they're not chosen for any particular concept or theme or any particular reason it's just these are songs that I liked and that I wanted to sing. And so I've made an entire album of cover songs. But um, yeah, the most famous song that came off of that album was No More I Love You's, which I had no idea was actually a cover. Apparently it's from like a rather um, obscure band that did huh. the the original version of it. Um, but yeah, it's just like, it's really funny that she's like, no, I just... I oh, had to put out this album. It's whatever. <laughs> um, 
there's a couple like electronic music artists that have um gorgon and medusa influence there's one that's literally three italian artists uh, called medusa like medusa but with z so i think it's probably still medusa. pronounced medusa yeah. um they have a really big uh song called a uh, piece of your heart which if you find there is like a, a sample that they almost like vocalize you've probably heard it before um they don't have necessarily a wide range they have a couple like big like dance hits uh, but that song is really popular there's also a duo of um electronic musicians slash like djs from north london and their sound is kind of similar to like disclosure or like you know deep post artists of that time that is called gorgon city and they have um an album art uh that looks like medusa as well as uh, clearly like kind of their like dark vibe i would say um so both are influenced by that i don't know that they have like the piece of your heart has some sort of Medusa imagery in the music. I don't know if Gorgon City is just like influenced, like um, like the tone and atmosphere of their music. I don't think they have a song that's literally about a Gorgon. Um, but you know, you name your group after a Gorgon, and you're gonna get talked about on the Gorgon episode. Um, <laughs> yeah. So those are actually, and I actually like both of those artists quite a bit. So I refer you to both Gorgon City and Medusa. Um, there is some video games, I think, that do a really good job of, um, showing, uh, Gorgons. Uh, the first is in a game called Hades, which we've talked about before, especially when we're talking about, uh, Greek things, because it's got all sorts of Greek interpretations. Um, the heads of dead Gorgons persist in the underworld, and they, uh, haunt the fields, basically, where you encounter them as an enemy um so they can launch projectiles uh that like try to petrify you and freeze you um there's also um a like friendly gorgon head called dusa that's a maid that like bounces around on the lowest level of the underworld which is where you keep starting all of your runs basically you you die and restart this game over and over again um and it's strongly implied that dusa is really just the severed head of medusa herself but it's like an unknown past uh and you know there's vague comments and she's you know very different than she used to be and all this stuff but there's this very like chipper um gorgon head that has a little like feather duster in their mouth and they like bounce around and clean up uh which is fun um so you can interact with them um there's also speaking of like bouncing beheaded scorgons it seems that people like to fight just the head version of it um, in the Legend of Zelda Oracle of Seasons, uh, there's a dungeon boss Medusa head, which is like fighting um, Link with petrification powers and damaging eye beams. I think it's maybe just the image is stronger when it's just a head versus looking like a humanoid. Or maybe it's just because, you know, graphics used to be limited, so they had to make it really big. So they just made it a head. I don't know. Um but uh, there's two quality um, bouncing Gorgon heads for you. Um, and uh, there's also, I mean, the God of War franchise is huge. Um, God of War Ragnarok just came out recently. I got it. Uh, I have barely had any time to play it. Uh, but in the original God of War and uh, some of those games, you see um, Medusa with the long snake body that we talked about, like the almost basilisk, like from like the torso down, and then has the snake uh, head hair 
but there's like a definite modern interpretation with the snake body. Um, yeah. Um, Medusa is also, she appears in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Yes. Um, yeah, and it's like, it's implied that she's a human that's been transformed by the the Apple of Eden okay. effects. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, and also snake-like in that regard. Um. So there's also um we, we were talking about like modern interpretations and re-understandings of Medusa in relation to how she became Medusa and like basically in a weird she she's basically become a meme I guess that's what I'm getting to uh Medusa became this huge internet meme where powerful women such as uh, like Germany's uh, Angela Merkel or like Hillary Clinton were depicted with like serpentine hair, which in this weird internet world took on a connotation of both like fear and anxiety of having female leaders. And also in a positive sense, like the ferocity, the ferocity of like those women and like what they had to overcome. Like it was, this weird double-edged, I mean, the internet is strange, right? Like it evolves in a weird way, but there was a lot of female politicians being interpreted with Gorgon qualities to either undermine or empower their campaigns. It was bizarre. Um, so that existed within the world of pop culture. Well, I mean, well. oftentimes you'll see like that counter movement of like anybody who is being maligned or um what's the word that i'm looking for but Undermined. like yeah or or like if you're using imagery to to give negative connotations to a particular group of people oftentimes you'll end up seeing that counter movement of them like uh, reclaiming that image yeah, yeah. And, and empowering you know mm -hmm. uh, then giving it power and, and showing it as as a symbol of like that actually being like where their power comes from. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it's just when we talk about, you know, Gorgons in the modern context, it's like very modern, <laughs> that that ideology that it would be interpreted in this way. Um, there is a couple, um, <laughs> let's say, uh, like pieces of art that are really famous. Um, so the first is uh, Leonardo da Vinci has a really famous uh, Medusa painting. Um, that's like an oil on canvas, a circle with with Medusa's face inside with the, like the classic, uh, you know, snake hair. And I was even seeing it like reading different articles about Gorgons before I was looking at the pieces of art and realized like, oh, that's the Leonardo da Vinci. So I think this image is a popular image um, in painting. Um, and uh, there is also, uh, this is not a painting, but it is a piece of visual art, um, the Marvel Universe in comic form used to feature a supervillain superhero named Medusa and her superpower was long hair that could be used as tentacles to like grab people and she was like in the Fantastic Four for a while like somehow I think a part of their like comic lineage um, but she basically got sent into space to live with other Inhumans um, because I guess they were just over that character so there was a short-lived um, Medusa character in the Marvel Universe that basically had, I don't know, serpentine hair. <laughs> um, I don't know if that was a deep dive. It's in the 
Inhumans saga of Marvel, which is a kind of divisive time as well. Um, but uh, nonetheless existed. Um, the last piece of pop culture that I want to dig into is I was excited to say that Gorgons are featured in my monster manual version 3.5 of Dungeons and Dragons um, because there's so many and they all have different pictures and descriptions. But in this version, the Gorgons are described very differently than what I would have imagined them to be. Now, I don't know if this is just because they had to create a fearsome monster to fight or like maybe there was something similar or they're trying to avoid basilisks, but regardless. Um, in this version of the D&D manual, uh, Gorgons are dusky and they have metallic scales um, over the creature's bull-like body. They are a bull form rather than a snake form and has silver horns, which could relate to the way that we talked about them having tusks and big teeth um, in the Elder Gorgon. Um, these Gorgons are extremely territorial. They are fond of rocky areas and underground labyrinths. Again, sounds a little bit Minotaur-like, if you ask me. Mm -hmm. um, but a typical Gorgon stands over six feet tall at the shoulder and measures uh, eight feet from snout to tail, weighs over 4,000 pounds. Um, and they're extremely aggressive. They attack intruders, uh, attempting to trample, gore, or petrify them. And there is no way to calm them. Uh, and they are impossible to domesticate. So you still have this like petrification power, but they basically just, I think because you have that bull energy, it's very different than uh, snake imagery, um, but they are scaly too. It's just a silver scale instead of a green scale. So I thought that was kind of an interesting counterpoint to the way that I um, imagine a Gorgon to be, that they could be this kind of brute force, um, you know, charging bull energy too. Yeah. Um, any other uh, pop culture that you want to dig into, imagine, before we meet our guest? Yeah, one last little thing that it's, I must have seen this logo, like, however many times, and it never even occurred to me, but the Versace logo oh, is yeah. the head of Medusa. Yeah. And I, yeah. yeah, I never really clocked that. But yeah, I was looking into it and apparently Gianni Versace chose Medusa as the logo because she made people fall in love with her and they had no way back. Oh. So that's, of course, how he wanted people to feel about his clothing. This is early stage Medusa, I suppose, uh, before she was terrifying. And I guess um, she's terrifying. Well, I mean, in the logo, she seems to have pretty snaky hair. Huh. So, but she, I mean, she does look very human. Mm-hmm. So who knows? I think they're seeing what they want to see out of that, you know, uh, but yeah. still works as a strong image. And hey, maybe uh, they got some uh, luck from Athena as well. So in sh showing some respect as their logo, maybe they had um, some some godly uh, success there as well. Um, all right. We're going to take a bit of a break. And when we return, uh, Madrid, I'm very excited to say that we are going to be joined by Eleni, uh, uh, who is a Gorgon and is going to really get to the bottom of some of our questions here. And maybe we're going to find out which Gorgon is real or how this family tree works. Uh, time will tell. And we'll be back shortly.
Welcome back to the show. Uh, we are very pleased uh, to be joined by uh, Eleni, uh, who is a Gorgon. Am I saying that right, uh, Eleni? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, yes. that's correct. Oh, wonderful. Uh, so where are you, <laughs> where are you joining us from uh, today? Um, today, I'm uh, I'm joining you from Delphi. Um, oh. It's my shift at the temple. So, okay. uh, yeah. Th- yeah. Take your turn. Wow. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. do do you like it there? Do you like that job? Are you are you thinking you're gonna move your way up at the at the temple uh, or? Um, well, um, as you may or may not be aware, uh, gorgons have been um, protectors and guardians of temples and sacred sites since uh-huh. around six thousand BCE. So uh-huh. um, we're very happy to uh, to just offer this service to people. It's, oh, um, it's what pro we do. Bono. It's what we enjoy. Yeah, it's um, it's why we're here. So, yeah. so you, you're guarding these temples now. Have you traveled over to any other temples to to defend as well, uh, or is it mostly this one specifically? We've bounced around over time. Obviously, you know, it can get uh, a little boring after you know a hundred or so years in one place. You want to mm-hmm. sort of move around, shake things up. So mm-hmm. we've been all over the place in Mesopotamia. Oh, um, you know, um all those different places that are no longer unfortunately in existence mm. but you know the sacred sites are still there um and still need protecting so uh you know we do what we can our numbers are dwindling but um we're hardy oh yeah it sounds like a very worthy cause uh mm. have you ever defended anything that's not a temple or a palace like a like an old tree or you know a, a, a sacred artifact in the mud or something like that uh, well, our likenesses have been used throughout history to, um, oh, yes, that's uh, you know, true. yeah, posted above um, entranceways, um, on the outsides of buildings, carved into mm-hmm. protective medallions. So, um, you know, we're really, we're trying to get the word out that we really are, you know, protectors and, yeah. um, you know, we're there, we're there to guard and protect. So, uh-huh. uh yeah. And do you think do you think the word is getting out or do you think it's just uh, people are taking you for granted? Uh, as it, I, I don't know, Madrid. I, I don't hear a lot of people talking about it anymore, which is maybe a shame. Um, no, really, so, you don't hear very much about Gorgon protecting these days. No. No. Um, unfortunately, Homer, uh, Homer really did a number on us there. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, I get kind of, you know, uh, now... I don't want to dig too much into this because, uh, you know, family secrets and all of that. Um, but uh, do, do you have family get togethers? Uh, are the generations of Gorgons, do they ever, you know, hang out, uh, you know, with the parents uh, or with any of your sisters, even kind of the later stage, you know, sisters? Um, we do try to have um, annual gatherings. Oh, yeah. Um, of course, I can't tell you where. Um, they're very secret and very protected for mm-hmm. obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, is it an island? Do... It feels like it could be an island. <laughs> oh, I can't tell you. Yeah, okay, that's <laughs> I fine. I could tell you, but I'd have to kill you. Okay, so I'd rather you didn't. That would be good. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't want that to happen either. No, well, I yeah. appreciate that. Actually, speaking of uh, killing and not killing, uh, we sent uh, Jeremy out to you. Um, Jeremy, uh, the intern that's been uh, that set up that equipment um i I think he uh he's been setting things up uh he said he was going to hold his his uh the the mic for you um so you could you be streamed is is he doing okay 
he's 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 okay. J- Jeremy, are you okay? I think he's okay. He okay. says he's okay. Okay. Well, oh, he uh, didn't want me to. He didn't want me to look at him, and I I trusted him. So um. Okay. Well, that's so difficult too. If he's holding the mic and and you're not looking at him, that takes some serious focus on on the two of you. So I don't want to break that um, <laughs> and have um, Jeremy turned into a permanent mic stand. Um, Jeremy could be of use to us again. So uh, I'll let you uh, hold hold that focus there. And uh, Jeremy, good luck to you. Um, yeah. So you have these family get-togethers. What do you guys eat? What do you do? You know, at the get-togethers. Um. You know, we uh, we have sort of a. I mean, we're immortal, so uh-huh. food, Do you have to eat? drink, you know, not really, but uh, it's fun, okay. you know, we, uh, we like a tasty dish, we like a nice, uh, nice bottled wine, oh. um, yeah, it's just, it's an opportunity to really, you know, touch base and, and talk about any concerns we have, um, any threats that have come up, um, any people we might need to be aware of uh, mm-hmm. that might be posing a threat to the spaces we're guarding. Um, oh. Now, who is so, it that's uh, been that's been posing a threat? Humans, uh, you know, rats. You know, what is it that sneaks into that um, that temple? Uh, you know, it's mostly humans. Mm-hmm. I have to say, um, soldiers. Um, you know, miscreants, hoodlums. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. people who are uh, who are up to no good. You mm-hmm. know. Uh, we can't have that. Um, if you come to the temple and uh, and you know there's uh, there's there's evil um, or you know it's uh, really just we want to make sure that people who come to sacred spaces are there to respect them and uh, and everyone else who's there. So there aren't many oracles left, but. Oh, um, no. Yeah, they keep getting hunted by these, you know, quote unquote heroes. Um, but really, you're just doing us all a great service. I wonder why you're all getting hunted so much. It doesn't seem now, uh, I don't have very much research other than one uh, that's kind of a, a bullish definition. But for the most part, you do not seem to be a uh, predatory bunch, you know, um, you seem to be focused in this way of uh, kind of doing your own thing. Yeah, we're um, you know, we're we're very live and let live uh, uh-huh. until, you know, I mean, if someone comes with a sword <laughs> to try and slay your sister uh-huh. or your cousin, you know, uh-huh. things could get ugly pretty fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's well, understandable. I, yeah. I, you know, I'm very close with my sisters. If somebody came after them with a sword, I would be also very, uh, you know, protective and. Uh, very yeah. angry about that yeah if i had the ability to uh, petrify uh, others you know i would probably use that in that circumstance uh speaking of which i'm very pleased uh, to find out that in this uh, format of our recording uh, imagine and i have not been turned into stone uh so i'm guessing that in in this exact circumstance uh, i'm not sure if that would happen uh for jeremy over there or if this is just because we're in a slightly digital medium or if mirrors are okay what's the deal with that how do your eyes work um we get that question a lot yeah i can imagine (laughs) um yeah it's um you never quite get over that that look of terror when you when you say to a guy hey my eyes are up here um yeah Yeah. (laughs) um but no it's um it's really it's just it it comes down to uh it comes down to intentions you know um if we're 
we feel like we're being threatened um, uh-huh. or, you know, if you, if you come to us with ill intentions or malice in your heart, well, we will read that, you know, we're, we're ancient beings, you know, we've been around for a hot minute. It's not our first rodeo. Like uh-huh. you get good at reading people when you're a Gorgon. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, sorry, we don't like turning people to stone. We don't want to turn people to stone, but we will. Yeah, we absolutely will. Now, um, if you don't want to, you know, let's say people's eyes are going to other places and they'd like to look you in the eyes, but they're afraid. Do you have any, you know, sunglasses you wear? Maybe Versace sunglasses? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know for certain what, what type they would be, but there, there's got to be, is, is there a strength strong enough in sunglasses that you can wear just for, just to go out in your, you know, civilian clothes maybe and have a normal day? Yeah, well, we... um. Uh, we recommend polarized lenses. Okay. Um, mostly just because it prevents glare. <laughs> uh-huh. But um, also but, death. Uh, yeah. and yeah. Also death. <laughs> um, mirrored lenses are also an option. Um, that kind of thing. We've sort of had different uh, different options over the years. It used to just have to be a blindfold, uh, uh-huh. which you know, obviously leaves you pretty vulnerable if you're. Uh-huh. Uh, you're in the wrong kind of situation but yeah. um yeah it's uh it's it's been it's been a long journey of of navigating you know trying to be less threatening less concerning to people who we really you know there's no reason to be afraid of us if yeah. you're you know a, a decent person and you're not here to cause any trouble and you're not here to hurt anybody mm-hmm. we're not going to hurt you back we really don't want to do that Mm-hmm. It does um, sound like, you know, kind of a lonely life, though, I have to say, you know, if you're, if you're not able to interact with all these people, um, are, are you able to look each other in the eye? You, you don't turn each other to stone, I guess, if you're Gorgons, you can have a normal eye to eye conversation. Well, that's good. Yeah. 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 Now, did you ever have you ever ventured out uh, to maybe make friends of a human or make more than friends with a human at any point? Uh, or, you know, any other monster, you know? A family tree of the Gorgons is quite complicated, so I never know, you know how that's going to go. It's true. It is uh, It is a little complicated um, when you are an immortal. Um, it can be, uh, can be lonely, and, um, you know, you lose people along the way. Humans, mm-hmm. they get older. Mm-hmm. You don't. Yeah, that's um, tough. You know, we've been on some vampires with that issue as well um that it's just uh, it's a hard life you know when you live so long you have all this knowledge and you, you live so long that i imagine you're also forgetting stuff you know um but or do you just retain it all because i know that sometimes that's a thing with monsters is they don't have more space they're just constantly remembering and forgetting things for thousands of years instead of just racking it up uh maybe you have the ability <laughs> to to contain it i'm not sure <laughs> Uh, we do have a um, we do have a library at our meeting place oh. where we you know we'll keep notes and ledgers and things like that so we don't lose too much to mm-hmm. to history as things develop and evolve you know it's uh, you can live only in the time that you're currently living in you know mm-hmm. it's fun to reminisce about the old days you know back in uh, you know whatever time <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but uh, you know it's you remember the good times and and you try to forget the bad times and for the important bad times you put them in the book and you stick it on the shelf and nice yeah so uh yeah we do try to 
sort of maintain a, a bit of a consecutive history so that we're, you know, uh, in case anything happens to us or one day if, if someone comes and does find the library, they'll, hmm. they'll have a little more access to um, our story and, yeah. and everything that we're about, you know? Yeah, because the, the, I don't think the full Gorgon story is out there. You know, if you have an archive uh, that's filled with the day-to-day, I guess you are guarding that uh, from humans. But in the event, um, you know, that that was released, I think that would be a real bombshell report, wouldn't you imagine? Like, I, I think if we were to mm-hmm. learn the day-to-day of Gorgons for thousands of years, I mean, that might even be more detailed than than the human history we have access to in fact i think well and to, and, to be, and to be able to go right to the source you know as we were talking about in the episode earlier it seems like these stories are so muddled and so convoluted as the years go by and so be able to hear it straight from the original person you know that it, that all of these things happen to that that seems like the Plus the best source, right? Humans keep straight. accidentally lighting fire to their libraries. So I think we lost a bunch of info yeah, that way too. True. I don't know. Did you ever have any issues with this? Did, did you lose any to a fire or have you guys been okay? Um, we've been mostly okay. Um, we try to keep things subterranean uh, as much as we oh, can. Oh, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. We have ongoing problems with dampness, but you know uh, that's something for our archivist to figure uh-huh. out um what are the archivists yeah, no. like you know are they are they cool or what's what's the vibe of the archivists uh down there and the what's their uh oh i think i mean they they've been around for a long time yeah i like mean a, longer like than a really have. long time oh like, even it... longer than you they're yeah are they starting to um, like i know that you're immortal actually i should ask some of the gorgons i've seen are kind of human or half human it's maybe improper of me to assume are you immortal i know that many gorgons are immortal most of us are Uh um there are a few of us uh it turns out that have not been Mm -hmm. um we don't really have any way of knowing oh until Um, it comes to the the dangerous uh you know sword to the neck etc you would find out yeah pretty quickly. yeah i mean it's so i probably shouldn't even be mentioning this it's, um, it's just us don't worry it's just us. But, you can tell us yeah i i do really want to address this so um <laughs> so some people know that we uh, have healing abilities uh-huh. um which we're very happy to offer um <laughs> but you know once word gets out that if you stab a gorgon in the right side and steal her blood you can heal anything um yeah. which is true um but you don't have to stab us you could just come and ask yeah maybe um, you would just donate yeah. that blood you know we have a system set up for that actually we have several vials set aside you know in uh. case of an emergency we can heal someone um but if you try to stab us we really don't have many options uh-huh. i mean that doesn't um, feel very very if somebody tried to stab me i wouldn't really feel like helping them out you know yeah you can just yeah. come and ask no yeah. but they anyway just get turned to stone. now that i know um just kind of where the immortality stands i'm just wondering that when the archivists are really old humans when we get really old have a bit 
of a rougher time uh, making sense of things sometimes. I'm wondering if the archivists have gotten just a little bit loopy down there in the dark. Have they existed for just a little bit too long? Um, as far as I know, um, they're doing fine. Oh, wow. That's a good quality um, in a Gorgon. They're, um, they really, they, they, they can't see very well. Oh. Um, but they know where everything is, you know, right. they can just reach out their hands and, and, you know, touch the spine of a volume mm. and they know exactly what it is. You know, they've just, they've been working there for so long and, um, and keeping track of everything for so many hundreds of years. It's, it's almost as though they, they are part of the library itself. Huh. Um, if it's a, a very ancient knowledge. Um, <laughs> can be a little creepy sometimes actually. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, but uh, no, they're they're really um, they're very wise, and uh, and we we do what we can to um, you know to show them due respect and and really um, thank them every chance that we get for for maintaining and uh, and organizing this math history that we have. Mm. Yeah. If a if a gorgon goes blind and can no longer see, can they still petrify others? Oh wow. Oh, yeah. That's that oh, can yeah. be dangerous, you know. If you have somebody coming in and you don't even know which way you're looking, you could petrify people by accident. You know, come bring someone in to do you a favor and suddenly they're a statue that's not going to do much of a favor for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you develop a, a different sense as well, you know. You can kind of you still read people but just uh, a little differently, you know. Mm. The vibe is off, mm -hmm. you know. Go ahead, look that way, see what happens, you know. Mm -hmm. Um but fortunately, you know, it's those of us who are starting to to lose our vision tend to help in the archives and um, and uh, offer services at some of the older temples that uh, are mostly unvisited. So hmm. now, now I'm hearing you talk so much about your your duty, like your you know you said you're taking these shifts at the temple and uh, keeping your vials of blood for people in case they need healing, and your um, keeping such detailed notes as to your life and things like that. This seems like a lot of like work, 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 work. Do you ever get any downtime? Do you have any hobbies? Like, what do you like? Do you get spare time? What do you like to do in, in, in your free time? Let your, let your snaky hair down as it, as it were. <laughs> um, you know, well, like I said, we have gatherings, um, once a year, um, Around the time of the summer solstice, we tend to get together um, for a week or so, um, and uh, you know, we get a little loose and uh, oh. you know, eat some good food and drink some good wine and uh, um, you know, just catch up and touch base. And um, you know, some of us have taken up uh, knitting. Oh. Um, some of us do needlework, tapestries. Okay. Um. Others of us have, um, I mean, temple guarding isn't for everybody, you know. Um, so if you've uh, if you've ever heard of a mysterious ancient healer living up in the mountains, uh, that might be one of us. Oh, um, very cool. Yeah, we tend to just sort of, you know, you send somebody else on a on a sabbatical away from the temple for a little while to just heal uh, from a distance. You know, sometimes you just need to clear your head. You can't be you know, doing uh, temple work all the time, I suppose. 
it is very tiring, you know, it's, uh, it's very vigorous work, you know, we need to really have our wits about us. So, um, yeah, we try to, we try to circulate as much as we can and, uh, you know, make sure everybody's feeling happy with where they are and all of that. If I, if I'm correct in in the sense that you particularly really only, uh, let your, uh, both uh, proverbial and literal, uh, snake hair down, uh, once a year for a week, of um you know drinking and eating and uh, enjoying life there's got to have been some pretty crazy stuff that happens that week right is <laughs> is there any sort of a uh, little tidbit you could tell us uh the listeners just a little just a little story of what might have happened on that week because i think it could be pretty noteworthy if you got all these uh, creatures together well um <laughs> oh, it sounds like one... there's something there <laughs> so um there was one time uh someone brought the minotaur to the party uh (laughs) i mean talk about a bull in a china shop i know Uh, (laughs) oh well we've met a minotaur we know that he's they can be quite rowdy yes yeah did yours have a an affinity for chinese food as well I think it was oh my God. yeah, Greek food yes. too. Just loved to delivery people. Oh my goodness. Yeah. We had um of course we we had to sort of meet the delivery uh people in a in a place nearby. We didn't have it delivered directly to the cave. Uh-huh. Um but uh you know, uh yeah, we went through <laughs> a lot of takeout. Uh-huh. Uh, uh we went through oh i don't know how much wine too much i mean talk mm-hmm. about a headache when you've got every single snake on your head with a hangover mm-hmm. and i i don't know i don't i don't mean to be crude but i did find evidence of one gorgon that seemed pretty bull like uh bull like features so i'm wondering you know if uh i'm not i'm not making any you know accusations here but it does seem to be like there could be some gorgon bull uh, action that happened that week Listen, rumors happen. Uh huh. Word gets around. Uh huh. Well, I've heard about some pretty wild gorgons. <laughs> and if those rumors just happen to be true, well, then who am I to say that they are or are not? In hey, fact. I guess. I guess what happens in that week stays in that week, right? So, what happens in that week stays in that week for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Except for the things that maybe are discovered at uh, other places and times um exactly now there was an important uh debate that Madge and i had here uh, earlier on the episode uh do you watch a lot of films uh are you someone who gets to spend any time watching movies do you, do you know what i'm talking about when i say film movie yeah i i do enjoy the cinema from time to time okay have you ever seen a movie called uh predator <laughs> Yes, okay. I've heard of it. Well, we were wondering, I was doing some research for film and, and I did hear an interesting uh, opinion that the Predator could have been influenced, uh, you know, by Gorgons, uh, just because of its ability to kill on sight and uh, some of its uh, various powers, I guess. Also, it, it has a long history of uh, intelligence uh, as well. Do you think there's any sort of connection there between Gorgons or Predators or have I gone too far off the deep end on this one? I'm, well, so it's not entirely unlikely. I mean, there have been occasions through time 
you know, people fall in love with all sorts of humans, soldiers, oh. warriors. Yeah, um, I used to say maybe Olympian, an alien. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Possibly. I mean, you know, we don't really, we're not entirely all in each other's business, but, mm-hmm. you know, I could, I could see it being, you know, if it was raised by warriors or, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, I mean, from what I've heard, it's unfortunate, you know, um, that's not really the life that we would want yeah. <laughs> for a child of ours. Yes. Um, yeah. The predator so. life is a, is a hard one. So I don't know if that's really what you envision uh, for, for the next Quite. generation of Gorgons. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I, I suppose it's possible, you know, all right. Well, um, you heard it here. Imagine we can't rule it out. It is possible. <laughs> I suppose anything is possible, really. Well, with Gorgons, it sounds like it, it you know, I, I don't mean to be judgmental here, too, but as time has gone on, the what I associate with a, a Gorgon to be, the, the more modern generations seem to be uh, more extreme in their uh, physical presence. There's some that sound like, you know, they're almost uh, uh, half snake, or there's one that seemed like it was partly a dragon. Uh, there was some dog parts uh, mixed, in, mixed into one as well. So I guess we're getting into some sort of um, inter-species uh, uh, development here. You know, there could be some some Gorgon evolution going on. <laughs> well, let's not forget who writes history. Ah, well, that's a good point. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, Fair I, if we were to get access to the archives, maybe we would see a very different uh, version of uh, these Gorgons. <laughs> I'm sure... Uh... Uh, I'm sure, you know, people who've had their uh, their grand heroes and soldiers turned into stone wouldn't necessarily want to depict us in the most flattering light, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, all right. Um, well, we have arrived at uh, Imagine's favorite segment of the show. Uh, it was originally uh, called Pitches, and then by Imagine's request, it was rebranded into a segment called With My Dying Breath, and then also at Imagine's request, it was rebranded again into something else. And now it is called uh, The Coffee Break. Uh, if you enjoy the podcast and you want to support us with increments of, I believe, $5, you can go to www.ko-fi.com slash monstrology, and you can give us a little coffee break. Um, but, but this is the time that we you know, think about uh, things that you might like to pitch, things that are going on in the world uh, that people should know about. Um, uh, Madrin, do you want to start us off with uh, anything that you'd like to pitch to the listeners? Uh, I'm not sure if I've talked about this restaurant before or not, but it's so good that it's worth mentioning twice if I have. Let's do it. Um, yes, there was already discussion in my household this morning as to whether or not we were going to order from this place tonight. Uh, it's a chicken place called Birdies. Mm-hmm. It's at uh, Gerard and Coxwell. It's so good they've got like a fried chicken place yeah like fried yeah oh fried chicken yeah you can get like chicken strips or my favorite is they've got this like spicy chicken sandwich and then they've got like really good french fries and they put pickles on everything which you'd be like "Mm, do i really want pickles on my chicken sandwich and the answer is yes Mm. you want pickles on your chicken sandwich this place is really good and with my uh, vivacious healthiness all of this week um I haven't really been able to taste very much food. Uh, <laughs> a fried chicken so, made it through. 
But so I'm really, I'm really hoping that this fried chicken with its pickles is really going to be the breakthrough food that is like, oh, I finally get my sense of taste back. Nice. Yes. Um, well, my uh, pitch this week is actually a ballet that's happening um, at the National Ballet of Canada right now uh, that uh, my sister is working on right now as a choreologist, uh, which to those who don't know what that means, which could be a lot of people, it's the person who basically notates uh, the ballet, both to music and to score. And because this particular ballet uh, called uh, Mad Adam, uh, which is being done by Wayne McGregor, which is based off uh, a trilogy uh, by Margaret Atwood, is very modern in the way that it's created. It's also a very uh, particular um, thing to notate. So it was a long process going into notating. And I think that will continue uh, so that they can continue to tour with this show. Anyway, I thought it was really great. I got to see it last week. Um, it is a dance piece, um, and I think it has a lot of uh, really strong images and themes to offer in this kind of dystopian world that she's created, um, some pretty intense uh, images, so don't go if you're a child. At the time that this episode is released, I believe you will have three more chances to go see it, um, so uh, if you are in the city of uh, Toronto, I recommend uh, that you go check out uh, Matt Adam at the National Ballet of Canada. And um, Eleni, do you have anything that you'd like to uh, pitch to the listeners at home? Any uh, any involvement that you know uh, from you know actors uh, from anywhere in the world you could talk about? Uh, I don't know how you would have discovered them, but sometimes you know you have a lot of information. So. Um. Well, um, so not many people know, um, but there is a um, a ghost troupe of actors that still perform uh, at the theater at Ephesus. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to go when it's a full moon, otherwise oh. they won't be there. Okay. Um, <laughs> but if you are around in the area and want to check out some OG Greek theater, uh-huh. um, feel free to drop by. Um, make sure you bring a loaf of bread okay. um, to appease the spirits, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, they're a really talented group of people. They're all very, very sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah. Come check it out. Cool. <laughs> One of us might be working the door. <laughs> oh, very exciting. Um, all right. Well, I feel like I've learned a lot about uh, Gorgons today. And thank you so much, uh, Eleni, for, for joining us and really setting the record straight on some of this. Uh, you know, as humans, sometimes we really just uh, go on a tear and invent a bunch of nonsense. But sometimes there's some truth behind it uh, in there as well. Um, just to close out the show, we often uh, will, uh, you know, let our guests uh, share a word of wisdom or uh, something that they'd like our, our listeners to keep in mind. Do you have anything that that you'd like to to just put in the, the forefront of our our listeners' uh, mind today? Be kind. Mm. It's yeah. a hard world, you know. It's uh, it's difficult. Everybody's struggling with something, and um, you know. We don't want to have to use fear as a tactic to scare people into being nice, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, just do your best to be kind and have good intentions. And, you know, it can be easy to feel uh, a little bit walked over, but uh, sometimes it's worth it to just, you know, be a decent person and um, and be generous. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Wow, that was mm-hmm. well said. Um, unfortunately, it was so well said that that Jeremy, who was holding your mic, got got really engrossed, and now it seems like he's um, a little bit more still uh, than he was uh, uh, previously. Um, so um, you know, uh, take good care of Jeremy, uh, who now will uh, serve as as a mic stand uh, if you if you need that. Um, oh, it's okay. No, it's all right. Don't worry about it. It happens. No, uh, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a okay. waiver. Yeah, unless you have some sort of uh, blood vial for that. Um, but I, uh, um, hey, I you know I'll think of something. I'll okay, fix it. it's all right. It's all right. If I'm not, so um, sorry. Oh no, it's um. It, look, it happens from from time to time, and 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 quite frankly, I think uh, Jeremy was was very moved um, by that by that <laughs> message of kindness. Uh, so it's not a bad way to go, you know. Um, well, well, he uh, won't be moved anymore. <laughs> no, he certainly won't be moving now. <laughs> All right. Well, um, thank you so much for listening to Monstrology. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks. And until then, I hope you encounter as many or as few <laughs> monsters as you like. And uh, have a great life. Bye. Monstrology is homegrown Canadian content. Co-hosted by Will King and Madrin McCabe. Edited and produced by Will King and distributed on the Podbean platform. As a young hatchling podcast, it means a lot to us if you rate, review, and subscribe to Monstrology on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever your monsters are found. Mm-hmm.